All right, good afternoon. My name is Scott, and before anything we get started here, I want to make sure that you understand that I am not a preacher, I'm not a pastor, uh, but I do love our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so this whole Glory to God on the Go episode, which is actually probably uh, my 10th episode, but it's the first one for Woodlands Online, and I figured if this is the first one for Woodlands Online... The Holy Spirit told me, you know what, let's start at the beginning. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to start at the beginning uh, of it all, really, and and how this was all created, what we live in was all created, how God gave us the earth and, and everything in it. So uh, let's just go ahead and, and get started. And, you know, one of the things that I have uh, been asked, obviously, and, and people have come to me and and I'm sure they've come to you and they've said, you know, they've wondered, you know, why or who is God and or why do you believe in God? Well, let me explain. So in Romans 1.20, it says, For ever since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood through his workmanship, and that's all of his creation, uh, the wonderful things that he's made in this earth, all the animals, the plants, us, for instance, so that they, and they meaning those who fail to believe and trust in him that he did this, are without excuse and without defense. That means if I am in South America in the middle of the jungle, or I'm in the middle of the desert of Africa, or I am in the, the snowy tundra of the far north of Russia, and I look up into the sky, and I see the stars, I see the moon, I see the mountains, I see the trees, uh, whatever it is that I see, someone had to have created that. Maybe not someone, but something absolutely had to create that. So who was it? Well, I believe, and the Bible says that it was God. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. So the first 10 words of the Bible are, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So that means he created everything in the sky, everything on earth. And what does that prove? Well, it first of all, it proves that God exists because someone Something had to create this, had to create us, had to create everything that we see, everything that we do. He created us and we created some things and we continue to create things. So with all that's going on in the world right now, uh, there is a, there's obviously a lot of bad things. There's a lot of good things. There are hopefully more people coming together than trying to divide themselves, even though right now it seems like they are trying to divide themselves. But I don't want to get too deep into that. But going back to the beginning, in Genesis 1.1. Now, first of all, Genesis means the beginning. So that's where we're going. The first five ver verses of the book uh, of the Bible, um, and where Genesis actually starts, one of the reasons that God gave us the book of Genesis is to tell us the story of how he, he, created everything. Because no man was alive to understand or to see or to uh, witness 
how all this got created. The Bible also tells us that God is all-powerful. And you can see that in what he's done. So it says in Psalms 29, I'm sorry, Jeremiah 10, 6, Lord, no one is like you. You are great. You are mighty and powerful. And then in Psalms 29, 4, it says the voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. Now, me personally, being a believer in my Lord and also my, my Savior, Jesus Christ, I am still waiting for that majestic voice, which I know is most likely not going to come. I'm still waiting, though, and I'm going to continue to wait for him to say, Scott, you have done an excellent job today. Or, Scott, why are you not being obedient? Now, I would prefer the first one, right? Um, however, his voice comes in different ways. His voice comes through uh, a song that you hear. His voice comes through just what your mind is telling your heart that you know is following what the Lord is telling you. Uh, that's the Holy Spirit. We're gonna, that's a whole other thing. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But it comes all different ways. His voice could be just something that you feel, and then, of course, you hear something in your heart. It, it, it's amazing how he, he, he comes to you. But I'm telling you, it's going to be very rare that you hear that. You know, if your name's Bob, Bob. This is your Lord Father speaking. You're not, you're not going to hear that, most likely. But the good thing is, is that all this power, the God's power that he has, the one thing that he absolutely has done with his voice is he speaks things into existence. And that's exactly what he did with the world. So we're going to go. In Genesis 1, in the beginning, Elohim, God, the powerful one created by from from nothing created from nothing the heavens and the earth the earth was formless and void or a waste and emptiness and darkness was upon the face of the deep that you know the primeval oceans that covered the whole unformed earth the spirit of god was moving hovering it was brooding over the face of the waters it was it was brooding, mean it was threatening, it was gloomy, it was heavy. And some people want to say that that was, um, that was a time when the Lord had expelled uh, uh, Lucifer into the earth. So how that happens and what happens when, when that does happen is that we are told that there was no light and darkness um, that was on the face of the deep, which means everything was dark, there was no light. So, and I've heard that because there was this darkness, Lucifer basically started kind of ruling the, wor the world. Nothing here, okay? Then there was water in some form, and of course, God was there, because God's always there. He's, he's, he's omnipotent, so he's always been there. He was there before the earth. He's there now. He's, he's going to be there forever and ever. We, we, we obviously know that from what the Bible says. So day one, and God said, let there be light. And there was. God saw that the light was good. It was pleasing. It was useful. He got to, he could see what was going on. And he affirmed and sustained it. And God separated the light, separated, distinguished it from the darkness. That means he took the light. The light is good. He moved it away from the darkness. Because darkness and light, they don't go together. Okay? 
And God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning. And that was day one. And that's, by the way, Genesis 3 through 5, if you want to get jumped in that. So close your eyes. What does that look like to you? What does that light and darkness look like to you? Sense it to yourself. So take a moment and do that. And, and, and try to understand in your own mind, in your own head, what that light, like, light and darkness looks like. I'm going to gravitate towards the light. That's, that's for certain. So in John 1, it says, In the beginning, before all time, was the Word. And what they mean by that is Christ, the Anointed One. That is the Word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. It was God himself. So now we understand that the Christ, Jesus, and God are one, as well as with the Holy Spirit. He was, since he was continually existing, in the beginning, co-eternally. That means he was, he was living with God, Jesus and God, Spirit, all the same thing with God. All things were made and came into existence through him, speaking of God, and without him not even one thing was made that has come into being. In him was life. And then, of course, life gave power and bestowed life. And the life was the light of man. The light shines on in the darkness, and the darkness did not understand it or overpower it or appropriate it, or absorb it. And it was very unreceptive to the light. Darkness didn't like the light. So now you're seeing the difference between what Lucifer, who, who we'll get into that later, but Lucifer thought he was as good, if not better than God. He wanted to rule the heavenlies. And God said, nope, there's only one of us, because he is a jealous God. And he said, I'm banning you, and I'm banning a third of, of, of my angels who are your followers. You're gone. So you're out. And I'm not going to have any competition. And he, he banished him. Lucifer and his angels took, took form on earth, and, and that's where they stayed. So um, after all that, God started to create the earth. That's where we're at. And then now, in John 14, 6, Jesus, who... Son of God, is God, Holy Spirit, said to him, I am the only way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father but through me. So that means here on earth today, because 2,000, a little over 2,000 years ago, Jesus came to this earth. He came to save us from our sins. And we're going to get a lot more into that as these discussions continue. So these verses are simple and they're well known to many but they pack a lot of information for us to follow and to understand. First, we see just how powerful God is. He is the most powerful being in the universe. He created the universe. And now we understand that he spoke light into creation. So when he speaks, something big's happening, right? We each take light for granted because we see it every day, right? We, we, we wake up, sun's up, which he gave us, uh, and, and, but we don't think about it that often. We don't even think that light and darkness are, are fighting all the time, but they are if you take a biblical or a spiritual look at it, okay? 
So God was able to control the light and he separated it from the darkness because he knew that there had to be good and evil. He knew that there was already evil, but he had to create good too. And God had completed control over all things that he created. Also in these verses that we see that God called what he made good. And you're going to see more of that coming in the next several days. So day two, what happened? So the next day, God spoke. Again, he's speaking it into existence and separated the waters and created the sky. Now, mind you, we're going to get to this in a minute. Follow along. He created the waters and he created the sky. And that's in Genesis 1, 6 through 8. And God said, let there be an expanse of the sky. Okay, that means he's showing you kind of, for us, it's kind of like the atmosphere, right? Let there be an expanse. And in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters below the expanse, below the sky, from the waters. And under the expanse from the waters, which were above the expanse, and it was so. So now, there's kind of three layers. There's the the sky or the expanse where airplanes fly, birds fly, right? And then there's the uh, atmosphere expanse, which is just above that, right? Kind of the first part of space or space, if we want to call it that. And then there's the heavenly realm, which is even more of an expanse. And that's obviously where God is right now. God called the expanse sky or heaven. And there was evening and there was morning, a second day. So I think that's pretty incredible that not only did he create the earth, the waters, he created light, darkness, he created the sky, he, he created the, the expanse, right? Now we're getting into the good stuff. It seems that the earth took form on this day. However, it wasn't necessarily a, a, a complete sphere like we see it today, but it was covered in water and it's suspended in the universe. Again, we see God, God's power and control. He set the earth right where he wanted it. And he knew that he was going to do something special with that because he knows everything. He knows everything past, future, present, of course. Okay. So then on day three, God said, let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place in a standing and a pool. Uh, we call them oceans and seas and let the dry land appear. And it was so God called the dry land earth and the gathering of the waters. He called seas. And God saw that this was good. Ooh, this is pleasing. This is useful. I like this. This is what God's saying. Okay. And he affirmed and sustained it. Have you been to the beach and um, you tried to stand up against a big wave? Well, usually it's pretty hard. You, you, you see videos all the time. People get knocked over and whatnot, and whatnot. Well, the Bible says that God tells the sea how far it can go up to the shore. Sometimes he releases it and it goes even further than what we expected. And a lot of times he makes sure that it only goes to a certain point most of the time because he has control of it. That's, that's what he does. He has control of all of this. I'll repeat that probably over and over again. So God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, fruit trees bearing fruit according, limited to, consistent with their kind, meaning the same whose seed is in them upon the earth. Those are good seed-bearing fruits, right? And it was so. The earth sprouted and abundantly produced vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their kind, and trees bearing fruit with the seed in them according to their kind. And God saw that it was good. Ooh, more good stuff. 
more good stuff. And he affirmed and sustained it. And there was evening and there was morning. And there was the third day. That's in Genesis 1, 11 through 13. Picture that in your mind. Close your eyes. See what that looks like to you. Just things sprouting up, the, the plants, the trees, everything, uh, fruits coming, uh, just, just instantaneously bearing fruit. It's pretty amazing if you ask me. Notice that God is a God of order, meaning that there is a process to this whole thing, right? If he's a God of order, then, then what three things do plants need in order to grow? Well, first, they need dirt, they need water, and they need sunlight. So after he created all of this, all this vegetation, God had already created the water and the dirt. It was already there for him, right? So now the sun needs to come. And that's coming soon. You'll see that here in a minute. So on day four, God said, let there be light barriers. He meant the sun. He meant the moon. He meant the stars. And in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be useful for signs or things that we can understand and track, right? This is God's provident care. He, 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 and he makes these seasons, days, and years because that's what he wanted for us. He knew he was going to put man on the earth. And we're going to get to that in a minute too. So let them be useful as lights in the expanse of the heavens to provide light on the earth. And it was so, just as he commanded he spoke it again out of his mouth. God made the two great lights, the greater light, which is the sun, to rule the day, and the lesser light, which is the moon, to rule the night. He made the galaxies, the stars. That is all the amazing wonders of the heaven. God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to provide light upon the earth, to rule over the day, and to rule over the night, to separate light from darkness. Because darkness cannot live in the light. It's just, it's impossible. When you walk into a room and you walk into a pitch dark room and there's light outside that room, somehow, some way, a little bit of that light is either getting under the door or through a window or something, but it's getting there, right? And there was the evening and there was the morning and there was the fourth day. And that was Genesis 1, 14 through 19. So isn't it interesting that the light before the sun was created, but there wasn't light coming from the sun. So what do you think that was? Well, that was the imminent light that God created, the, the, the good light that God created. It had nothing to do with physical light. It had the, the spiritual light of goodness. And that's exactly what he created first, because he had to. God is innately good. And he wants us to be good. And uh, evil and bad spirits and things like that are darkness. So he ha had to have that light to make sure that it would absorb that darkness. And we all know if, if, if you are somewhat or anything of a believer of, of what the Bible says at the very end, we all know what the result's going to be. But the great thing is, is that that light is God's glory and it is bright. And we'll go to Revelations 21, 23 later. But just as God said, it, it is still the use of the sun and the moon to mark our days and our seasons. So we're going to track it by that. And that's, we're going we're gonna to continue to work through that as well. So we've gotten through 
day one, two, three, and four. And how many days are there in a week? Well, there's seven, right? Sunday through Saturday. And we're getting close. Did you know that Bibles, uh, that the Bible says that the angels saw God create the earth? Holy moly. And in Job 38, 7, it says, the angels watched and shouted for joy. Wow. If we could just imagine whatever your angels look like in your mind and your imagination, if we could just imagine them, the oohs and the ahs of the angels as God's whoosh, throwing light there. Whoosh, he's building uh, uh, dirt and land out of the waters. Whoosh, he's starting to plant uh, trees and fruits and things of the nature. And it's all starting to sprout. Oh my gosh. Imagine what the angels were thinking at that point. They are freaking out. They're like, this is so cool. I would, <laughs> I would have loved to have been there at that moment in time. That would have been totally cool. So then we get to day five. Okay, this is where it starts getting good. Then God said, again, speaking it out of his mouth. So I'm going to relate something to this point of, of speaking things out of your mouth. All through this process, God is speaking good out of his mouth. And what comes of it? Well, the earth, the, the seas, the ocean, uh, everything that we've read this far, it's, it's all good. And it's the same thing with you today. Whatever you speak out of your mouth, if it's good, it's going to end up good. It's that positive mental attitude type thing. So when you speak good things out of your mouth, good things are going to happen. You speak bad things out of your mouth or bad things to other people, evil's going to happen. It's inevitable. It's guaranteed. So my vote for you and, and my hope for you is that you speak way more good things out of your mouth than you do bad things out of your mouth because the bad things are going to come back and bite you. They're going to bite somebody else. So think of the positive. So let the waters swarm and abundantly produce living creatures and let the birds soar above the earth in the open expanse of the heavens. God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves with in the waters, swarmed accordingly to their kind. Remember, to their kind. Remember that. We're going to talk, come back to that. And every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. More good stuff in the earth. And he affirmed it and sustained it. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, a fifth day. Genesis 1. 20 through 23. So what are your favorite creatures of the sea? Is it a shark? Is it a whale? Is it a dolphin? Maybe you want to go draw that somewhere and put it up on your refrigerator or something. But anyway, so now we're into day six. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according, but consistent with their kind, livestock, crawling things, bugs, uh, which I have a friend that's definitely afraid of bugs. It's funny. He'll beat himself up trying to even swat one. Livestock crawling things and wild animals of the earth, according to their kind. And it was so, because he had spoke them into creation. So God made the wild animals of the earth according to their kind and the cattle according to their kind and everything that creeps and crawls on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. More good stuff. Now we got animals on the planet, right? It was pleasing. It was useful. I still don't understand giraffes, though. Um, I'm still trying to wrap my head, but I'm never going to wrap my head or my hands around what God does. And he affirmed it and sustained it. 
That's Genesis 1, 24 through 25. What other animals can you think uh, are on land? Lions, tigers, bears, right? You know, we got all that stuff going on. So God created one final thing that would be the crowning jewel of what God did here on this earth. And he continues to do a lot of good things on this earth. But this was probably his most um, impressive and exciting thing that he created. And we're going to get right into it. So then God said, let us now catch heed to that word. Let us. Who's he talking about? Well, if we know that God is the creator of everything and he's mentioning to us, that means he is telling us in the very beginning of the Bible that there is more than just him. And what he means by that is he means us, meaning the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because God knows everything, and he knows everything before when time started and, and, and everything in the, in the current and everything in the future, he knew that Jesus was going to come. He knew that Jesus was going to give the Holy Spirit to those. He even sent the Holy Spirit and he sent Jesus in different forms to people in the Old Testament. He was, Jesus wasn't just the New Testament. That was him on earth, yes, in the flesh. But it wasn't just him in the New Testament. He had been around ever since beginning. And we're going to get way more into that later on. But we're going to talk about the beginning. Let us make man in our image. So now he's us and our. He's, there's, there's more than just him. Again, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. According to our likeness. And he wasn't talking about their physical likeness, like, uh, you know, brown hair, brown eyes, blonde hair, blonde, blonde eyes, uh, uh, black hair, black eyes, uh, white skin, black skin, brown skin, tan skin. He wasn't, that's not what he was talking about. Man, woman. He wasn't talking about that. He was talking about in the spiritual personality of him, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and the moral likeness of what God was and wanted to represent. The the mind, the emotions that we have, the free will that he gave us. And let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, and over all the entire earth, and over everything that creeps and crawls on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image and likeness of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, granting them certain authority over everything on earth. And he said to them, be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth and subjugate it, putting it under your power, control the earth, man and woman, control the earth and rule over and dominate the fish of the sea, the birds of the air and the animals and every living thing that moves up on the earth. So God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of the earth. And every tree which is fruit-yielding seed. So now you can eat man, and it shall be food for you. And to all of the animals on the earth, and to every bird in the air, and to everything that moves on the ground, to everything in which there is the breath of life, I have given every green plant of food. And it was so, because God commanded it. God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And he validated it completely. And there was evening and there was morning and a sixth day. God created man. God formed that man from a pile of dust, of dirt. He took it like clay and a potter and he molded it. 
and he molded it and he created man out of dust. And then what did he do? Something that he did not do to anything else that he had already created up to that point is he breathed into the nostrils of man and he gave it life. He gave it holy spiritual God life. And that's how Adam was created. Man is only part of creation that God physically interacted with. The scripture tells us that he served by human hands, although he needed nothing. God didn't need anything. We don't, we work for him. He doesn't work for us, right? He gave us life. He breathed life into us. And so we're lucky we're even here. Notice that God is a God of order. Everything prior to man, he had to set in order before man got here. Therefore, part of what is being created in the likeness of God means that we have and what we think and what we feel and our emotions and our abilities and everything we do, we owe to him because he created us to be like him. Our mind in Colossians 3.10 and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator, renewed in knowledge. We're going to talk about that too, and we're going to unpack that in a little while. And that's renewing your mind in the word of God. In, in, in this book right here, renewing your mind. Emotions. In John 13, 34, it says, A new command I give you, love one another, as I have loved you, so that you must love one another. Right now, there's not a lot of love out there. But God commanded us to love one another. Why aren't we loving one another? We have to share that with each other. Share that love with each other. There should be more hugs instead of more punches. There should be uh, more, more high fives. Well, maybe right now fist bumps or elbow bumps or foot bumps or whatever, right? But understand that he wanted us, and he put us here and wanted us to love each other. Jesus says it throughout the New Testament. And then he gave us the will. In Deuteronomy, it says, This day I called the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. I'll tell you what, I choose life for my children, my children's children. And I personally, I curse whatever happened before me and my family and my lineage. And I bind it, I cut it, I cast it. And I chop it off with the axe of glory because I don't want none of that messing with my kids. And there's a whole lot of another lesson about that. And then we have day seven. After the sixth day, God worked was finished. On the seventh day, God rested. God blessed the seventh day and he made it holy. So for us, that seventh day is Saturday. Um, recently, uh, I am 2% European Jewish, uh, which is kind of interesting because Jesus obviously was Jewish. And uh, recently my family has been uh, practicing, uh, I say practicing, we've been celebrating uh, Shabbat, uh, Shabbat Shalom, uh, which is uh, celebrating the peace uh, of God on the seventh day, which is starts at sundown on Friday and ends on sundown on Saturday. So I try not to do much on Saturdays, even though um, I like to take the rest and, and get his get him in me uh, as much as I can. But beside the point, we'll talk about that later and unpack that later too. But everything in God's awesome creation points to one who made it. And that's our Lord and Savior. That is God. God, the Father, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
It's eternal. It's powerful. It's holy. The Bible also tells us that God is good. And that everything that he created was a reflection of his goodness. That's easy to see. Everything God made was good, pleasant, and right. We're not seeing a lot of that today. But I don't want to get down too many rabbit trails. But I do believe that God put us all here for a reason. And that is for us to love each other, for us to, to share with each other, to be givers and not takers, to understand that other people have feelings as well and they have free will as well. And what we have to understand is that God is almighty. He's there. He's watching every single one of us. He's watching what we do. He's watching what we say. He's watching what we think. And he knows what's in our hearts. So we have to be very conscious of that. He is above all things. And he doesn't need anything from us to survive. He is always going to be. So we can choose to follow the will of God and do his will. Or we can choose to do our will, which usually isn't good in most cases. But if we follow his will and what he wants us to do, only good can come out of it. He doesn't need air. He doesn't need water. He doesn't need his cup of coffee in the morning. He doesn't need food. He doesn't need any of that. And and for us to, to wonder uh, what's going to happen next, if we leave it in his hands, he'll give it to us. He created this world. He created you. He created me. And that is a very, very large feat, not for him, but for us to understand. It is not clear in Scripture that God created the world so that man would know him. But God wants man to know he exists and that he is all-powerful. But why would God create man? Well, he created man to bring glory to him, for us to love him. Anybody that's spent any time alone, especially in these last several months, if you've had to lock yourself up and you've been alone, it gets, you probably got a little stir-crazy, especially if you were by yourself. But God created man, woman, and children to praise and honor and worship him. And it's our highest calling to do so. So he is worthy of all of our praise and honor. And you'll find that in Isaiah 43, 7. That means that really he, he deserves our praise. He deserves our honor. He deserves our thanks. And we need to give it to him all the time. I know there's probably quite a few people out there that don't believe in Jesus. And that's fine. I understand. They don't believe in God. Okay. But if you don't, who made you? Who made this earth? Who put the stars in the sky? You know, as humans, we are led in a way by the one that was cast down to earth, the darkness, Satan, the devil, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him, the evil one, the prince of this, this world. And he knows us way better than we know ourselves. So my question to you is, who created you? One thing that you can do, which is probably one of the best things you can do, is you can pick this up. This is the Holy Bible. 
This is my version. It's the NIV. I've probably got five or six different types of Bibles. Um, I've got the Bible app on my iPad so I can get my daily dose and, and make sure that I'm staying in the Word on a regular basis. Um, but start with John 1. John 1 talks about, and I had mentioned a little bit of it earlier, but it talks a lot about what Jesus did for us and what he came to this earth to do and, and what he did and how he saved us from our sins and how we're cleansed uh, when we go through the process, the order, so to speak, that God likes. And, uh, and you can be saved as well. I am just here to pass on the word. So I hope in this 36 minutes, 37 minutes that we uh, had time today, uh, you may have learned something. Uh, we're going to be right back at it, same time, same place next week. Uh, I'm going to try to, uh, me and uh, my buddy over here, we're going to make sure that we get to do this on a weekly basis. So continue to watch Woodlands Online, Glory to God on the Go. And uh, we're going to share some really good things about what this says on a regular basis. So if this is all you get, my suggestion would be get into a good church. Give your life to uh, your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Ask him to come into your life. Repent of your sins and be baptized and, and uh, enjoy the, the fruits that uh, he will bestow and the gifts that he'll bestow on you. And then others will enjoy the fruits that you bestow onto them. So again, my name is Scott. I'm just here spreading the word of the good Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'll see you next week on Glory to God on the Go. Thanks a lot.